You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money. And this week, I'm speaking to Rene Egar from Brentus Wealth in the Western Cape. And Rene kindly sent me a piece which says the following, offshore investing, let's get practical. And I don't care how many times we've done offshore investing, we have to keep on talking about it because it's so important as a diversification tool for your portfolio. But you're saying this week, Rene, let's get practical. What do you mean by that? I mean, go back to basics or are you talking about something else? Yeah, Lindsay. So, firstly, um, thank you very much for having me on your show again. It's a, it's a pleasure. And, yeah, it, you know, lo- local markets are, you know, historically have not been providing the returns that we need or inflation-beating returns. So, obviously, there has been an increased um, interest in offshore investing and many articles cover why you should be protecting your wealth by offshore investing. So I just wanted to cover today some of the practical ways to invest offshore. I mean, everybody knows that, especially after this, this COVID um, virus, that one has to diversify offshore. So I'm just going to go through a, points on, a few points on how a person can actually access offshore investments. Um, so, yeah, I thought I would just go, you know, go straight into it and, and tell people how they can either take money out of South Africa um, directly or attract offshore earnings in various different ways. Okay, let's start with the basic one. I mean, everybody needs a bank account in whatever form, and bank accounts are changing almost daily in in their different formats. But uh, if you open an offshore bank account, it's pretty easy. How do you do it, though? Yeah, so, you know, effectively what you have to do is, you, you know, you have to understand that offshore bank accounts don't necessarily mean money market accounts. So offshore, globally, there is no yield to be obtained. So it's more almost like a facility than anything else. But the great thing about an offshore bank account is you can, you know, you can gain um, exposure via currencies. For example, having a dollar bank account, and if the rand weakens, you can gain um, from that point of view. But, you know, from an actual return point of view in, in dollar terms, you're not going to really get satisfaction out of that. But it is quite, kind of a nice way to do a bit of a currency hedge. Um, the other thing you have to consider when opening a bank account offshore is um, there's several factors to take into consideration. So things like minimum deposits, tax requirements, uh, both both in South Africa and in the, the, the offshore currency that you're investing in. And obviously, you know, a lot of people in the old days, they opened up offshore bank accounts, but they landed up closing them because the fee structures are very high on some of them. So nowadays you can actually get an account that's a little bit more fee-friendly, but you have to do your homework. So I would say... As an example, if you're a South African investor working overseas, I mean, sorry, a South African working overseas, it would be an ideal um, starting point to have your, your, your salary in foreign currency and then just keeping in mind that, you know, any foreign er- earnings over a million rand 
are no longer going to be tax exempt in South Africa. Um, the law was implemented in, in March this year. But if you are earning offshore, it's a good thing to have um, so that you don't have to convert all of your income to bring it back to South Africa and you can actually gain a little bit on on the currency exchange, especially if the RAND continues to weaken going further. Yeah, which historically it has done, of course. Everybody knows, everybody knows the history of the RAND. It sometimes blows out to the upside, some to the downside, but the great long smoothed average over the years and decades is that the RAND is a weakening currency. Okay, the next one you talk about is direct offshore investments. You say a second opinion or sorry, option, is to invest directly in an investment product that is not RAND denominated. These investments are typically housed offshore through offices in countries such as Mauritius, you've got one there, Guernsey, Isle of, Isle of Man. So you've got your money overseas because you've taken it offshore legally through the South African Reserve Bank or through the one million per year uh, dispensation. And you've got the money sitting there overseas and you go it alone and you don't take a RAND product, you take an overseas investment product in dollars or euros, whatever it is. Correct, Lindsay. So effectively, it would be an offshore-based product where the money never has to come back to South Africa again, okay? And generally, these type of products, they they house either unit trust shares, um, they can be housed in the form of a flexible investment, they can be housed in the form of endowment, which obviously saves your higher-end taxpayer. Um, some offshore investments also are like tranche-based, where they are attached to overseas indexes. Um, and then some of them also have quite nice capital guarantee elements or guarantee plus 5% growth, depending on where markets are at that point in time. But the, the, the big, big draw factor of having an offshore investment is that it never has to return to, to SA. And, you know, I would say that you really need to consult someone in this regard because you need to have the structure in place that, you know, either you can have a a joint investor on the investment or in an endowment structure, you can have a nominated beneficiary or that somebody is advising you to have an offshore will for this, for this fund, for these funds so that you never ever have to um, repatriate the money either when you're alive or when you when you're dead because you know it makes no sense the whole idea is that you don't want this money to to particularly come back to south africa you know in the long term and perhaps even for your beneficiaries one day Good point. Rand denominated offshore funds. This is something that um, we've spoken about many times and is familiar uh, to most South African investors who have, have diversified. You go on to say another option is to invest in a local fund that invests in international assets. The investment is still made by the investor in Rand. However, the investment is made into offshore products. So that's why it's called an asset swap. But maybe explain it in a bit more detail for us, if you would, Renee. Yeah, so basically these type of funds are RAND-denominated. So if you had to, you know, look at your statement of your portfolio, they would be reported in RANDs. But the beauty of them is that they actually are transferring the risk offshore. So effectively what you are able to do is you're able to get offshore earnings, but they are reported in RANDs. So even though you can't, you know, physically take take the money offshore, you can still have exposure to to earnings and to markets that we in South Africa don't have exposure to. 
So, you know, typically the beauty of this type of product would be for for clients that, say, for instance, a client who has a living annuity. Now, a living annuity is pensionable money. You can't just go and withdraw a living annuity and take it offshore. So you would be able to get what we call a random-nominated offshore asset swap fund within your living annuity, and you can go 100% if you want. And, um, you know, pension providence RAs, they're more restrictive because we've got the regulation 28 to comply with. Um, And that only allows you to go 30% offshore. But, you know, that's quite controversial at the moment um, and might come under scrutiny in, in the near future as our um, SA pensionable pot gets eyed out. Um, but yeah, that's that's a discussion for another day. But effectively what it is, it, it is offshore earnings denominated in rands and you can still obtain um, exposure to good sectors, you know, such as technology, biotech, healthcare, that type of thing without having to go directly offshore. The offering is limited, so we prefer direct offshore where a client can accommodate it, but there are still options as as a South African investor. Another one here, Rand Hedge Shares. Now, this is very easy. You just sit at home and you invest on the JSC. You do a bit of homework with your financial advisor probably and say, right, which shares earn maybe 70 75% or more of their earnings outside of the borders of South Africa and therefore they become rand hedges it might be british american tobacco if you're into that sort of thing it could be ab inbev it might be anglo gold ashanti which now does all its business outside digging gold outside of south africa uh, it could be naspers or process there are so many options yeah look i mean this is the most um the, the most common way that South Africans actually have exposure offshore. I mean, it's a bit inconspicuous because if you're looking through a portfolio on a see-through basis, you you have to kind of pick it out what is what is offshore and what is not. Um, but, you know, there are local companies, for example, like um, NASPERS. Now, the main drivers of the NASPERS share price is actually um, the offshore company called Tencent, which is a multinational offering that offers internet-related products, entertainment, gaming, artificial intelligence, those type of technologies. And, you know, even though your money is not directly in 10 cents, you are still benefiting from having exposure to NASPERS, for example. And, you know, the JSC is a large com- has a large component of these RAND hedges. Um, but again, it... The offering is wide, but also limited at the same time because you can't get exposure to, um, to, to, to things that you can get directly offshore. But, you know, if you're looking at a client's asset allocation and you're looking at the whole picture, these RAND hedges still do make up the offshore component of an investment um, in some formal way. So, yes, definitely, definitely an option. But... It is the most restricted op- option if you have a look at all of these that I've mentioned above. Yes, well, I suppose it could be used in conjunction with the other ones. We'll, we'll come to that at the end. The last one is an interesting one. It's to do with property. You say an often overlooked option is to buy a property in a foreign 
country. Now, yeah, obviously it's a it's a major investment, and with property purchases and ownership comes all sorts of problems. You know, you're miles away from the place. You've got to employ a manager or a, someone to, to look after the place if a geezer bursts or, you know, whatever happens, there's a robbery. But on the other hand, you quite like this one. Yeah. So I think, you know, it it is, it's not a very common one. Um, it is becoming more of an option to South Africans, um, especially, you know, South Africans that are looking I would call like wealthy wealthy South Africans that have got extra money that they can put offshore and you know that they can sort of diversify in in a property in Mauritius or Spain or wherever the case may be but it has to be very selective so you need someone to guide you you know regarding the property development um regarding the the taxation and the estate planning that goes around something like this and you know what kind of yields they offer look i think after this covid um bout of um total you know we can't go anywhere in the world the tourism sector has taken a bit of a knock yes but you know long term you know you could be buying a property for rental income purposes you can be buying it because you're looking for citizenship or residency or you know, you want to be closer to your kids who are eventually going to study offshore. So there are there are very many ways for for a person to to access this type of thing. But you need to basically put yourself into into contact with someone that knows this business. You can't just go to Portugal and buy a property, for example, without being coached and helped. You need help in in making this decision, but it's still an option, you know, for your your higher um, sort of very wealthy individual, and you know, perhaps with a person with different objectives of leaving South Africa one day and wanting to get a a good rental income stream in the meantime, and then eventually moving moving over there. So, mm. yeah, definitely, definitely also an option. Very good. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here, Renee, and I'm going to say all of those options that you've given us, you've got to rank them. One, two, three, four, five. How many do we Mm. have? Start at number one. What's your favourite? Okay. So I would say um, opening up a direct offshore investment is probably my favourite. Yes. Um, On a platform, you can have many, many different um, funds available, whether it be an... um, you know, an index tracker or a unit trust or whatever. There's just so many different options and they are more liquid, okay, for example. So that would be my favorite option. Yes. The second would be um, the the RAND hedge, um, no, sorry, would be the RAND-denominated offshore funds in a portfolio. There's quite a degree of flexibility within those. The third would be an offshore bank account. Rand hedge shares and property. But a property for me as a person is not a priority at this stage. So I would be looking, especially in the world where we are at the moment, I would prefer to have something that I could could liquidate if I needed it. Yes, you've got to be, um, as you quite property, rightly say, yeah, you've got to be a high net worth yeah. individual to have the luxury of that and be able to pay all the maintenance fees and uh, the management companies if you're letting it out and all that sort of thing. Or if you're really wealthy, just leave it there and go there twice a year for a holiday. So yeah, I understand. Renee, that's brilliant stuff. Absolutely. Very well explained. Thank you. That's Renee Egar from Brentus Wealth in the Western Cape.
It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.